the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on 860 AM, The Answer. The show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Mark Hahn, president of Pacific Private Money. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. And uh, those certificates are not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Uh, today's uh, theme is just uh, general trivia. Actually, it's entertainment. Uh, now, we do have a special guest, Scott Gerber, who is a commercial real estate broker. Uh, Scott, you've been on the show once before. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Thank you, Edward. Good to be here today. All right. So, hey, Scott, I got I to got, uh, start off with some questions for you. So, um, two years ago this month, uh, we all were shell-shocked with uh, uh, stay home in place or, or shelter in place. Uh, those of us in the lending business saw um, our businesses kind of slam shut, come to a screeching halt. It was really, really strange for about 90 days. And, uh, you know, you being in the commercial business, um, what was that like uh, to, uh, uh, to go through that? And were you investing in commercial that was impacted directly? And, and kind of how have you fared over the last couple of years with the, with the type of commercial that you focus on? Hmm. Um, well, yeah, Mark, um, my focus for 30, almost 35 years has been multifamily brokerage. So apartment buildings, you know, primarily already existing properties, properties that are built and leased. So, um, when, you know, in early 2020, when, um, when we had the lockdown, and, you know, no one was, nobody knew what to do. Like no one knew what to do five minutes from now. So um, what was interesting, I'll just kind of give you a few things that came out of that was um, we immediately, so I work in the North Bay, north of San Francisco, and we immediately started to see tenants moving out of San Francisco. And then we started to hear about tenants moving out of Oakland. And um, so in Marin County and Sonoma County, we started to see a ripple effect. So we saw tenants moving up uh, this direction. And we saw, also saw some tenants moving out of Marin and Sonoma counties uh, to get even further away from population centers. So, um, you know, the thing that really drives the apartment business is population growth, um, jobs and population growth. 
And the job piece was a little sketchy. Nobody really know, knew what was going to happen there. And, of course, we ultimately started to see some fallout in um, a lot of retail sorts of businesses and multifamily being really an, uh, typically entry-level housing. Um, we really thought, uh, you know, the yogurt was going to hit the fan there. And it and um, so that was interesting. And now I'm going to let you ask me what happened next. Right, <laughs> right. So what happened next? <laughs> what happened next was um, was shocking. I, you know, so we the phone, of course, stopped ringing and everybody was kind of hunkering down trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. Um, and what we found in and, and of course there was people especially those that were in jobs that were immediately affected restaurants uh, retail businesses um, we thought okay we're gonna and and you know I own apartment properties and I thought okay we are gonna see 40 percent vacancy I'm prepared for this to yeah. be really bad yeah. um, of course we didn't know it was going to happen well, you know, flash forward maybe nine, six to nine months after that, and I'm taking everyone's temperature. I'm calling around, and, you know, I track 20,000 units in these two counties. I'm talking to owners of 20,000 units. And the best I could figure out was everyone was collecting 95% of the rent. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Unlike so, a lot of places in the in the country. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, um, that was shocking. Now that's 95% of the scheduled rent. There were some people that moved out and and we said, and most owners said, look, if you can't pay the rent, you can leave, um, you know, talk to us, communicate with us. But you know, if you need to leave and you can't pay the rent, leave, if you want us to work with you, we'll work with you. And so that, that was an interesting time, but at the end of the day, no one really got hurt, you know, and our tenants, the ones that could could get through, got through. And, you know, those that had to move, moved. And, yeah, so there's let still me ask you, let me ask you a quick question about that. When you said, sure. uh, you know, if you want to leave, leave, you're, talk, you're talking about uh, breaking the lease, right? You're yes. allowed them to break the lease. Okay. Because if yes. you're on month to month, then it's not really breaking. Right. The lease at that point. Right. Um, yeah. So because there was obviously no point in, in forcing people to remain if they didn't have an income uh, best to best to just everybody part ways. So, so, um, so that's, so it was, that was interesting. Um, we transacted maybe a, our business was down maybe 20% in 2020 hmm. easy numbers to remember. Um, and then last year was back up to, you know, a hundred percent of what we would have expected. So uh, it's been an interesting ride, but multifamily seems to weather, you know, most storms and knock on wood, you know, uh, we're so far, you know, this year has been great. Occupancy in these counties is strong, 98% or so. Um, and you know, so now we're kind of just, waiting to see what people plan to do. And most owners in multifamily right now are pretty happy. And most investors are pretty bullish on apartment investing. Um, so yeah, we're just trying to keep everybody happy and keep the mill turning. Yeah. And I, I would think that maybe as interest rates start to go up, 
it might be even that much better for apartment owners because of, of the fact of lack of uh, buyers being able to, to buy houses. Hey guys, we're going to cut to our first commercial break here. Uh, we're talking entertainment. First trivia question, who was J.R. Ewing's brother on the TV show Dallas? And then, Scott, if you know the answer, don't say anything yet. Uh, when we come back, we'll let you answer it. Uh, call 888-912-1190. The first caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate, which is worth over $100. Again, who was J.R. Ewing's brother on the TV show Dallas? And extra points if you happen to know his real name, too. All right, stay with us. You're listening to the best of investing. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM. The answer. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hahn, president of Pacific Private Money, and our special guest, commercial real estate broker, Scott Gerber. Uh, first trivia question was, who was J.R. Ewing's brother on the TV show Dallas? <laughs> I don't know. I, I actually do know the answer, Edward. Yes. Go ahead. You can Bobby. tell me. Bobby Ewing. Now, who played it? Remember? I don't know who played it, but that uh, is it Patrick something? Patrick Duffy. Very good. Come on. Hey. Oh, good. All right, Mark, why don't you go ahead and uh, ask your question? So I remember years ago, um, you know, uh, Edward, in fact, you were with me. We'd go to these family office events because um, we were looking to raise money. And it seemed like everybody in the room was running around looking for family office money to invest in apartments and multifamily. Yeah. And that was four years ago, three years ago. And, and, uh, and as you just described, in many markets, multifamily, like single family residential, was not only amazingly resilient during COVID, but you know the the valuations, rents, and in, in many parts have have gone up. So, how as an investor yourself in multifamily, um, how difficult is it to find opportunities in in that uh, in that area? Well, it's extremely difficult. Um, I've always people, you know, whenever someone asks me, what's the, you know, what does it take and you know, what's your advice and so on. And, you know, my, my advice and perspective is, you know, the, the number one quality, well, besides money, yeah. <laughs> no, the number one quality is patience. And so, yeah, good, good investments, as we know, you know, in all regards, don't come along very often. So, and especially in these two counties, Marin and Sonoma counties, properties don't turn over very often. You know, I'm, I'm selling properties for people that I've known for 20 and 25 years. Um, so that's, yeah. So um, can I add one, one thing to that too? If you have more yep. than 16 units, I would, I would also say uh, the onsite manager is extremely important, but that's something oh, that I interview. And, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, if you're asking me what, what does a quality or what, you know, what is it people look for? It's obviously, you know, there's a lot of 
you know, one shoe, one shoe size doesn't fit all. So everybody's kind of got different criteria, but, um, you know, the people that we deal with, um, sometimes it's family offices, sometimes it's private individuals often, um, it's syndication groups, investment groups who now, um, you know, refer to themselves as sponsors. Um, but you know, we're really not, I'm not in the institutional space. Um, but, you know, there's an interesting phenomenon right now that you probably may be aware of is that in the investment in the, in, in the institutional space right now, let's say 300 unit apartment buildings in Phoenix, as an example, which is in a market you would naturally think you'd go to uh, long term. If we have water problems, I don't know what's going on down there, but, yeah. you know, those properties are trading at three point two five to three and a half caps and we're selling properties in marin county which is one of the wealthiest counties in the united states for the same or even higher cap rates on the small so so 10 to 100 units we're selling properties let's say at four caps these properties new properties class a properties but you know they're trading in the low to mid three caps now if interest rates as interest rates start to to, to rise, uh, do you see the prices dropping because of the cap rates going up? Or assuming the cap rates would go up? Yeah, they will have to. Um, so they'll, there's typically uh, a gap that, that forms between price expectations and reality. Um, you know, sure. people are watching, imagine like, Barry Bonds hitting a home or somebody hitting a home run, you're watching the trajectory of the ball. Everybody's watching it kind of continue to rise. But to your point, when interest rates go up, the real line is a little below that. And um, so it, as soon as rates go up, that gap's pretty close. Mm. And then with a little bit of time, um, that gap can grow because agents and sellers, they see it going in the shape of the of the home run, but it's not going in that shape. It's 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 more like a line drive. <laughs> I remember a few years ago, uh, you and I were at a uh, our, our monthly meeting and one of the agents had sold, a, a, I guess, a trophy property in Sausalito. But I think it was a duplex at a one point seven five cap rate. And and it, and it wasn't like there was you know extra room to grow in the rents because that's one thing you could you could justify a low cap rate if the if the rents are so low that you know you can raise them, but yeah you know so was it just pride of ownership at that point? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean we sold a pro- we sold twenty two units in Belvedere for almost a million dollars a unit, which is for twenty two units that's. That's a pretty big ticket, but um, the cap rate was around four, but people just got, got the price per unit stuck in their throat and they just couldn't, they couldn't see it. Um, what was an apartment like that rent for, uh, you know, in, in the decent area? Those, those apartments rented for anywhere from 3600 to $6,200 a month. That's, not, that's, that's actually pretty cheap unless it's a studio. Yeah, and now no, now no. I think they're like sixty seven hundred yeah. for the nicer ones. Uh, so. how, how big are they? How big? How big? Uh, yeah. Thousand square feet, but they're on the lagoon in Belvedere. So um, that's pretty good. I mean, that's actually yeah. not way overpriced, like I thought it would be. 
garages. Um, yeah, nice little standalone, you know, single story units. Hey, Scott, before we get cut to our break, uh, how do yes. people get a hold of you if they have questions about uh, apartments? Oh, they can call me or they can email me. My email is scott at norcalre.com. So norcalre, as in real estate, dot com, scott at norcalre.com. Uh, my, my phone number is 415-927-8888. Very good. Okay, here's our second trivia question. In the 1982 movie E.T., The Extraterrestrial, who plays Elliot's younger sister? Call 888-9, which has become a famous actress now. Uh, call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate. In the 1982 movie E.T., The Extraterrestrial, who plays Elliot's younger sister? All right, stay with us. You are listening to The Best of Investing. We are going to be right back. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown, along with Mark Hoff and our special guest, Scott Gerber. Guys, uh, second trivia question. In the 1982 movie, E.T., The Extraterrestrial, who plays Elliot's younger sister? Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore, that is correct. Yes. Pushy, pushy. (laughs) Beat me to the punch, yes. (laughs) I should have let the guests go first, but you got it right on the last one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I, I didn't have it until... I was th- I couldn't think of her name. I could yeah. picture her, but yes, yes, Drew Barrymore. So Scott, in uh, it, you know, in the COVID had an interesting impact on single family residential, where people started to like wanting to move out of the cities and maybe into the suburbs, and all of a sudden pools got really popular and things like that. So in multifamily, did you see any uh, interesting changes in the type of demand? uh at multifamily properties good question yeah we we actually did we it, we saw like overall we saw generally strong demand but um what we saw uniquely strong demand for was um larger units two bedroom units three bedroom units apartments where people could move in and have an office so um oh yeah so, um, you know, just in general, in this particular market we're in, um, seems like quality is, has become, you know, people are, are uh, gravitating to nicer finishes, but also, like I say, you know, so the larger units seem so to be. Figure, they're going to have to work from home. They want to be in a nice setting. That's right. Yeah. 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 Nice good. kitchen, nice amenities. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Do you see any prospects for additional development of multifamily in Marin Sonoma, since that's where your your kind of focus area is? I mean, we really do need more housing, and it's it seems rather difficult. Certainly in Marin, maybe not quite as much in Sonoma. But are you seeing is there anything? Uh, is there any hope for more multifamily development opportunities, or uh, is it has it been as tough as ever? 
Well, let, yeah, I mean, we're, we're traditionally undersupplied, uh, as you know, and um, that it, in Sonoma County, that changed a little bit. You know, we had a political um, support for, for loosening up um, restrictions on construction, new construction. Um, you know, I think last year we saw about 350 units built in Sonoma County apartments, maybe 500. Uh, Marin, actually, uh, we're actually starting to see some new construction and, and we're starting to see some support for new construction. And of course, we've got state mandates for that um, that yeah. is driving a lot of the local communities crazy. But yeah, I think we're going to see San Rafael you i won't be surprised if san rafael adds a thousand to fifteen hundred units we probably could use three thousand units in downtown santa or in the san rafael area well hopefully they won't come back with what they talked about before with the rent control Mm -hmm. what i think people don't realize we've talked about this before on the show that the, the rent control can really hurt tenants because if you limit the you know we've said this before like if i'm the landlord and you're going to limit how much income i can get from the tenant but i don't get to go to pg&e and say oh you have to limit how much you know you can charge me for for utilities or uh, oh my my roof needs repair well i'm sorry mr roofer you, you there's rent control you have to charge only x instead of y uh well, you're gonna get a lot of slum landlords or just people who have problems with their 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 units you, you raise a good point, Edward. And um, as you may know, the state of California has a thing called AB 1482, which uh, we have statewide rent control. I don't know if you're aware of that. So um, so some communities have uh, stricter rent control laws. Um, but the idea between, behind 1482 and other rent control laws is um, – they're attempting not to uh, discourage new construction. So it doesn't pertain to buildings that are under 15 years old. So new buildings and buildings up to the time they're 15 years old. But, um, but I want to go back to rent control and what's, what doesn't work about it. One thing that um, you mentioned, like from the landlord's perspective, like it's hard because you're getting squeezed on both ends. You don't have the income, but you've got growing expenses, which we've had. Um, the other thing that's not good about rent control is um, the fact that new families, people that are trying to move into communities, have a difficult time when there's rent control because people don't want to move out. So they've got a rent controlled apartment that over time becomes subsidized. It, it becomes below market. And so we it's the classic story everybody knows somebody who lives in san francisco for the last 40 years or has an apartment that their daughter now lives in that they're paying 750 dollars for that's like a you know 2900 dollars apartment and you don't qualify for income wise so it's not like i mean you could be the richest person in the world and if you're locked into that they can't raise your rent and so communities don't often think all the way through the negative consequences yeah. when they put these laws in. They think they're protecting people, which they in one sense are, but they're also harming the community by not allowing the diversity that they're really looking for with families yeah. 
and new people um, that want to move in. And it also discourages new construction. So, um, you know, market forces, believe it or not, actually work. I've watched rents go down three times in my 30 so years. Um, and they actually just did. You know, they went down in San Francisco during yeah. COVID by 20 to 30 percent. Yeah. 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 yeah, and I don't think the government's going to put a, a a minimum floor on how much uh, tenants have to pay, right? Okay, hey guys, we're going, to get, we're going to cut to our last commercial break, and when we come back, we've got an email question for Mark about uh, how fast he can fund loans because that's his business. Okay, last trivia question: In which movie did 007 first utter the iconic phrase "Bond"? James Bond. Which movie was that? All right, call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate. Here's the question again. In which movie did 007 first utter the iconic phrase, Bond, James Bond? All right, stay with us. You're listening to The Best of Investing. Don't go anywhere. We are going to be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing one more time. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Klump of Pacific Private Money and Scott Gerber, commercial real estate broker. Uh, guys, in the in which movie did James Bond first uh, utter the iconic words, Bond, James Bond? Scott, you got a guess for that? Uh, the only one I can guess is the first one I ever saw, which was Goldfinger. That's, that was going to be my guess. What do you think, Edward? Just before that, Dr. No. Oh. Oh, Doc, oh, Doctor! No, no. I was going to say Inner Majesty's Secret uh, Service. Uh, that's, that's, that was later on. That was with uh, uh, George Lazenby, the only one that he was in, and where he married. The only time he got married, and it was to Diana Rigg. Remember her from the Avengers? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was okay. Really fun, I guess. All right. So we have a, we have an email that comes in for Mark that says, uh, "How fast can you provide a loan to borrowers? Because that's kind of your business." Yeah, it is. So, so my company is Pacific Private Money, and for 15 years, we've been known for fast, friendly, and reliable financing for both commercial and residential uh, business purpose as well as consumer purpose. Uh, but I, I'll tell you, you know, the the industry has evolved uh, a bit. Um, uh, thanks or no thanks, depending on how you look at it. To, to Dodd Frank, that was passed in uh, 2010, uh, and then all these regulations came on uh, thereafter. You know, it's it's uh, we we do we've matured as an industry. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. We can still fund quickly, and quickly for us, it's like within three days, and and we still do that from time to time. But it isn't really what we're promoting. I mean, that's not the type of borrower that we're necessarily looking for. We're really just an alternative finance provider to banks. And bank financing, also thanks to Dodd-Frank or no thanks to Dodd-Frank, has gotten you know, more difficult to obtain, uh, especially commercially, uh, especially for ground-up construction. Uh, they don't even do consumer bridge loans. So that's a product that's been very popular for us. So what we, we generally would prefer to have two business weeks to close a deal. Uh, and one business week, uh, we would consider a rush. 
And if there's a dire need, and for us, dire would be it's, it's a financial emergency. This guy's going to lose his deposit on a property, whether it's residential or commercial, if we can't close by Friday, which might be in two or three business days. You know, can we do that? Can we do a fire drill like that? Absolutely. And those are the ones we like to do. We love to rescue uh, borrowers that are uh, uh, people in situations where there's a financial loss at stake. But if it's just because they want to close quickly, yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, we're, <laughs> it's great to want, as some people like to say, but uh, we'll, we'll generally talk them out of it um, if we can. But, uh, you know, but, but fast financing is, is the hallmark, as is lower documentation um, and uh, easier to qualify for in terms of if you're self-employed and have trouble documenting income, uh, if you uh, have a lot of crypto assets that you prefer not to uh, <laughs> make public, uh, if there's uh, just anything that is you know unusual at all about the way you make money, but we can verify your ca- your capacity to make the monthly payments, and you've got an exit strategy that we like. I mean, that's really what we're in the business for. We're, we we love doing loans on real estate. We loan on all kinds of real estate. Uh, we're really super busy now, as are a lot of lenders in the alternative space. Um, banks uh, uh, have are starting to lose. Uh, banks and conventional lenders are starting to see their business drop because interest rates have been creeping up. The, the whole refinance demand that has seemed to go on for forever over the last 10 years <laughs> has really, for the most part, uh, well, I, I won't say it won't ever come back because it, it absolutely could. You know, something could happen within the scope of what's happening uh, in Ukraine and the price of oil. And, you know, if we go into a recession and the government decides, you know what, we can't have that. Let's cut uh, money rates again, Fed. Uh, And uh, I, I heard one person whose opinion I respect greatly in the real estate market predict that it could, we could actually see mortgage rates a year from now, uh, you know, under 2%. So we don't expect that to happen. I don't expect that to happen, but it certainly is plausible uh, that the government would decide that, uh, (laughs) that that they, they can't allow um, a a deep recession to occur. So, you know, what they do is they first will raise all the interest rates really high. So that they'll look like (laughs) heroes when they, Coming back down again. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but, uh, you know, to circle back um, at Pacific Private Money, uh, we're, we're the type of lender that banks used to be 50, 60 years ago. You, you pick up the phone or you walk into the office and you tell the story uh, and what's going on and why you need the money and what the plan is. It's a very subjective, holistic way of, of lending. And that part of it, really never stop. I mean, hard money, which we don't call ourselves really anymore, but that's always been the, the hallmark of hard money 20 years ago was that it didn't really matter what your uh, capacity or capability or income or credit was. If the lender liked the real estate uh, and he, uh, he would make a loan on it. Uh, that used to be called like a loan to own lending philosophy. It's like, yeah, I'll loan you anything you want. Here's what it's going to cost you. And if you don't pay me, I'm going to take your, your property from you. Well, we don't like doing that. We're not in the foreclosure business. We would rather, uh, we would rather make a loan to someone who needs it, wants it, benefits from it and has a strategy to, to pay us back. And, and that I would say most of the companies today 
you know, in 2022 in the alternative formerly known as hard money or private money uh, uh, industry, most of us have that, that attitude. We want to make good loans. Um, there's enough demand for good loans that we don't have to make, you know, loans to sketchy people. Um, but, uh, but if you're sketchy, you know, if they don't mind, give us a call anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, PacificPrivateMoney.com, uh, or we're in the uh, Bay Area at 415-883-2150, 415-883-2150, PacificPrivateMoney.com. All right. And then uh, we have just a couple of quick minutes. Uh, people can also invest with you, isn't that correct? Well, we do. Yeah, it's funny. Um, when we first started out, we used individual investors who would invest in our notes, one-on-one called trustee investing. We still do some of that, not quite as much anymore. Now we have four different funds that we have each with a a different business model and they all pay a little bit different. Uh, Our our most uh, liquid fund and the one with the most uh, ability to, to, it will has no, um, has no lockup period that uh, no enforced lockup. That's our freedom fund that pays 6%. And then our highest paying fund is our North star fund, which is our construction lending fund. That's paying uh, last six quarters. It's had a payout of, of over a 10% annualized rate. So between six and 10%. And in between we've got uh, a fund that pays seven and a half and another one that pays about six and a half. So all, all with slightly different business models, but those are, those are mortgage backed funds uh, and mortgage pool funds sometimes they're called. And we've been doing that for uh, nearly 10 years now. We've been, we've been fund managers. So um, it's, uh, it's a great way to, to earn above market yields on your money secured by real estate. So again, for more information, if you're, if you're a borrower or you're sitting on, uh, maybe you just cashed out on some crypto or some real estate or some stock because you're worried about the stock market right now and you want to know where can I park this money and make 6%. Well, our Freedom Fund is perfect for that because you can park it there. There's, there's, a, there's no uh, minimum holding period. It acts like a money market account and it allows you quick access within a couple of weeks uh, for your money. Very good. All right. Audience, stay with us. Uh, The Best in Investing will be back with some closing comments. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. Listening to the best of investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the best of investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hump of Pacific Private Money and our special guest, Scott Gerber, commercial real estate broker. So, guys, what do you think, you know, economy wise? Um, you know, I mean, is a ceasefire going to happen? And if it does, does suddenly you know, the stock market start going back up and inflation. I mean, any predictions, guys? I'm going to let Mark handle that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we've we've all we've always said for years during this largely upward economy that it's like we don't we don't really know when the next black swan event is going to occur. Um, and we've we've had the longest run up you know positive run up in in the economy uh real estate stocks 
And, and we all know it can't go on forever. Um, but every year when the predictions have been coming out and even at the, at the end of last year, you know, looking ahead, it just, it seemed like everything was all, you know, full steam ahead. We, we, we figured out the COVID thing and, and uh, looks like we were going to have another really good year in 22, maybe 23. I mean, no one was really calling for any kind of business cycle or, and certainly not a real estate cycle to, to downward trend anytime in the near next 24 months. And then look what comes along, you know, uh, a, 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 you know, it's not quite a black swan event yet, but it could certainly turn out to be, you know, price of oil, $130 a gallon uh, fuel at $6 a gallon and seems to be going up 10 cents every, every five minutes and, uh, uh, and inflation at seven and a half. So, you know, what does that mean? Well, for those of us uh, whose livelihoods are tied to real estate and or mortgages, um, frankly, I don't know that it means a whole heck of a lot because people still need to, 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 to live. They need to move. They need, uh, they need housing. Housing is uh, uh, in short supply. There's still demand for it. But that being said, things like what's happening now tend to freeze people. You get the deer in the headlights. Uh, I'm going to wait on the sidelines and see how this shakes out. All of a sudden plans start to change. Travel plans change, all kinds of things that people go. Fear tends to uh, put people into a conservative wait and see mode. So, you know, we haven't, it hasn't been an issue long enough to know how it's impacting in real time the economy. So we really don't know. We're, we're only going to learn that in the coming weeks or months. And by then, given how fast this has unfolded, you know, we really don't know where we're going to be uh, uh, in a month from now. And it's kind of scary. I don't think any of us trust Putin. Uh, we don't know what he's going to do with it when his back's against the wall. He's being embarrassed uh, on a national, on an international stage right now. Uh, and... Uh, you know, you just don't know what the guy's going to do. Um, There's a lot of brave uh, protesters in Moscow and St. Yeah. Petersburg, you know, because they, they not like here where you can just protest and pretty much do anything you want. Yeah. You know, but here in America, we're, you know, in terms of uh, you know, aside from rising prices uh, uh, related to supply chain disruptions and the price of oil. Um, and that would include a lot of construction components uh, that was, that are still high from, from a year ago when, when the cost to construct housing uh, spiked up dramatically, you know, that, uh, that, that's all going to have impacts and, it's just, it's really hard to know how that's going to, you know, how, how that's going to. You know, these gas prices, they don't affect rich people like Scott Gerber, but uh, <laughs> you know, yes, like, they do. Yeah, we need a helping hand. Well, Scott Gerber, thank you again yeah. for uh, joining us. We're going to cut out for our thoughts of the day here. Wise men speak because they have something to say. Fools, because they have to say something. Words of wisdom, huh? And uh, you know who said that? Plato. And if you remember, he was. Uh, you knew him. <laughs> yeah, I knew him. Yeah, Plato was uh, the pupil of Socrates, and Aristotle was the pupil of Plato. I remember that. Uh, and uh, why aren't there any casinos in Africa? Too many cheetahs. Uh -huh. That's too many cheetahs. All right. Tune in next week to the best of investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown. We're wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to the best of investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, 
Call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on 860 AM. The answer. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.